Hi, hello. Welcome to the episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is February the 20th, 2024. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Work went well. Um, life, life has been good. Today was good. Uh, let's see here. Food Corner uh, last night was uh, the Mexican Beef and Rice Bowl. I will say I jazzed it up since I have, um, you know, remaining um, burrito like tortillas. So, you know, kind of made it a little bit more closer to how I'd like it at Chipotle where you get like the burrito bowl with the actual tortilla in it. I love that. That's my favorite. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a nice, a nice meal. Oh, excuse me. Uh, let's see here. I, I also full uh, disclosure. Uh, I pre-gamed a little harder than usual. I feel like so you know, you know, mea culpa if I if I fudge anything up, we're just gonna you know keep on trucking like we always do. Um, and on that note, I'm gonna do my startup. So yeah, and then we'll we'll get into the news. <laughs> Ooh, wee. All right. Also, want to add that like pretty much most of this episode is like a, a Ukraine Russia episode. I don't know. Kind of lines up with uh, the two year anniversary of the conflict, uh, at least since it's ramped up. Um, so yeah, that's kind of uh, most of the episode, but we're closing off on another space note as a treat. <clears throat> but yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. From the Associated Press, Russia says it has crushed the last pocket of resistance in Adivka to complete the city's capture. Russian forces have completed their takeover of Adivka by eliminating the last pocket of resistance at the eastern Ukraine city's huge coke plant, the Russian military said Monday, after the sheer weight of its troops and numbers, or its troop numbers and greater air and artillery firepower drove out Kyiv's forces. Moscow officials announced Saturday um, said they had taken out or they had taken control of Adivka. Ukrainian forces confirmed pulling out of the bombed-out city in what amounted to a triumph for the Kremlin, even though the four-month battle was costly. The, victor was a, the victory was a morale boost for Russia, days ahead of its two-year anniversary, anniversary, anniversary of its full-scale invasion of its neighbor on February 24th of 2022. For Ukraine, the route was a bleak reminder of its reliance on the supply of Russian weapon or of Western weapons and ammunition, as holdups and delivery of expected aid have left it short of provisions and handicapped in the fight. So we've kind of talked about this, and I feel like analysts and people are kind of trying to hint and say, and you even are hearing this from Ukrainians as well, saying, look, this is one of the first major casualties that was caused because we did not have the ammunition. We did not have the lethal aid that we were supposed to be getting from the West, a.k.a. a la the U.S., you know what I mean? 
um, which, you know, okay, that's that's valid. That That is a, a real critique. But I think that this kind of goes back to what I've been saying when we, we wind up talking about this is like that if you really are propped up by the West in this kind of way, then it's like, really, were you ever winning this war? And I feel like the counteroffensive kind of shows this where like, they were trying to make these pushes and these gains, but really, what was it? You, you got a town or two, and no one really talked about it. Um, with the loss of Adivka, it definitely seems like it's a move in the backwards direction post that counteroffensive. You know, we got the new general and all that kind of shit. Um, I think there was another quote I wanted to leave on before we bounce on to the next thing. Uh, the sides were deeply uneven in favor of the Russian forces, he said, quoting Ukrainian intelligence assessments. If we if we are talking about infantry, it's one to seven. If we are talking about military vehicles, it's one to eight. And in terms of artillery, it's one to eleven. He said. So I mean, analysts kind of constantly say that any of these battles, and we talked about Bakhmut in the past, and in other areas where it's like, well, they're they're fighting over these territories, and they really don't matter that much in the scheme of things, and they're burning a lot of resources for it. But it seems like in the long conversation, that does not matter to Russia. Like, they are willing to spend it. They are willing to use these resources in this way. And they will continue to wait out Ukraine. So, I don't know. It's definitely a blow for the Ukrainian forces. But I know things are definitely going to continue. Um, I will say I was, you know, listening to the BBC. And this was, like, one of the first times where I've noticed that they started integrating more people or you're hearing more people say you know what i'm we need to talk about peace we need to have that peace table conversation which is something we've said before it's an it's an inevitable thing of course we're going to get there but the problem is ukraine overall is still pushing and the west is still pushing that no we can't compromise we're not going to compromise any of the land that was lost we're going to fight and get back but here's where we are it seems like you're net losing more land and that adds to the conversation of well is russia even going to continue to even want to play ball then with the the peace talks because they've been playing fast and loose with it as well um so yeah i mean i could dwell on this subject for another fucking you know 10 20 minutes but let's not i know that you know we got we got more it is a more or less a triple feature if you will so let's move on to the hill russian defector killed in spain ukraine says so this is a bit of a screw wall update I didn't expect to be giving, but uh, Russian defector Maskim Kuz- Kuzmanov, I, you know, I should know that, but you know, Biff, um, we'll say Kuzmanov, uh, who, fe- who flew a military helicopter to Ukraine and detailed his escape, has been found dead, Ukraine's intelligence service said. Kuzmanov's body was found at the entrance to a residential complex in Villa jo- Joyosa, a town in Spain. Ukrainian spokesperson Andriy Yusov confirmed to the Washington Post. His body was found with multiple bullet wounds and run over by a car. Witnesses told mo- uh, local media that gunmen shot him many times and ran him over in an, es- in an escape car, the Post reported. Kuzmanov was a 28-year-old Russian military pilot who defected to Ukraine last year. He detailed his dramatic escape in a helicopter and urged others to follow his path. Um, yeah, it was like a really harrowing experience. Like He set this up with the Ukrainian intelligence. Literally, he went out on a helicopter with fellow Russian um, like 
officers, you know, the soldiers, whatever, and just it's like, yep, yeah, well, this is my fucking plan, and takes a whole ass helicopter to Ukrainian controlled area and surrenders. And obviously puts, you know, his, you know, fellow officers in a bit of a spot because they weren't trying to defect. But it was a whole ass fucking thing. And um, now it seems like, you know, Russia dealt out some of their own uh, sense of revenge. I don't know. It's, it, I definitely did not expect this. But at the same time, we're not surprised. Um, but, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, it's sad and unfortunate to, to go out like that. It's like uh, out of a Godfather movie or some shit. Um let me see here. What else did I want to pull? Um, in a video released last September, he said last, or he said he first reached out to uh, HUR, Ukraine's Defense Intelligence Agency, in 2022, and agreed on a plan to escape by flying his Mi-8 helicopter into a safe corridor to reach Ukraine. He said he flew the helicopter at an extremely low altitude in radio silence mode to avoid detection, leaving the Russian airbase. Um, Kuzmanov escaped on August 9th and marked the first time a Russian pilot defected since the start of Russia's invasion of Ukraine's nearly two, uh, invasion of Ukraine nearly two years ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely once again, kind of what I'm talking about where it's almost like this, this couldn't have been a coincidence that it happened when it happened. Do you know what I mean? Um, also leading into our last story as well. Um, from the Independent, LA woman detained in Russia on suspicion of treason for giving funds to Ukraine. A Los Angeles woman has been detained in Russia on accusations of treason for allegedly giving funds to Ukraine, according to Russia's FSB security forces. The woman, a 33-year-old dual American-Russian citizen, was not identified in a statement issued by the FSB which said she was involved in providing financial assistance to a foreign state and activities directed against the security of our country. The FSB in the central Ural city of, ooh, I'm about to fuck this all the way up, Yakerturnenberg, Yakerturnenberg, <laughs> sure, uh, accused her of taking part in pro-Ukrainian protests outside of Russia and sending aid to Kiev. Uh, it said the woman had been proactively collecting funds, which were subsequently used to purchase tactical medical items, equipments, equipment, means of destruction, and ammunition for the Ukrainian armed forces. Um, Pirived Otdel, also known as the First Department, a collective of lawyers dealing with cases of alleged treason and espionage in Russia, and independent Russian outlet Mediazona, identified the woman as Kasnina Kavana. So that is her name. She has been accused of transferring the amount of $51.80 from her American bank account to an account of Razum for Ukraine, a New York-based nonprofit group, on the 24th of February, 2022. The same day, Mr. Putin ordered an unprovoked and unsuccessful invasion of Ukraine. Um, so yeah, this is still so fucking petty, but we're not surprised. Also, I do like in this article that they mentioned the, um, interview with Tucker Carlson that took place recently. I really haven't covered that because in my mind, it was a nothing burger. He really doesn't do anything but like try to knob fucking Putin off. And I even appreciate that, like, 
he tries to give Putin the, like, NATO highway exit that even motherfuckers like me do, where it's like, look, you can understand the history and the brutality and the fucking stupid-ass, dumb-ass bullying that NATO has done, and you can make the conclusion of, yes, we do have to defend ourselves for blah, 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 blah. But, like, at the end of the day, Putin doesn't give a shit about that shit. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't matter. He's like, dude, shut the fuck up. I don't care. I'm talking about this made-up history that I've been, like, crafting here. Let me speak my lore. Because at the end of the day, he's doing it for the points. He's doing it because he just wants the goddamn glory. It doesn't matter. It it just doesn't matter to this man. We're not talking about nation-state shit, I feel like, when we're talking about Putin individually. He just likes pulling some fucking strings. And the fact that he's got this fucking goober of a man who he knows is just a propagandist, it's like, yeah, dude, you're just here to make me look good so just just ask your little fucking puff questions and like move on i don't want to talk about nato right now um but anyway back to you know the situation at hand um with kavana it's definitely really unfortunate that it seems like this is just a person who was protesting they got her like outside of a fucking like theater and and then they just said yeah dude we we got you on this fucking um you know aiding terrorism or whatever the fuck the charges were or whatever the treason charges yeah it's lame as hell. It's fucked up. You know, I definitely don't agree with it. Um, but also in my lizard brain, I'm asking, I would not be granted. I get it. It's hard. It's hard to live in LA. It's really expensive. I bet. I, I I only dream of it, but, um, yeah, I, I would take my chances in LA or anywhere in America, but granted, maybe there's, you know, extenuating circumstances. I don't know, but regardless, Kavana winds up back here. She's just trying to protest, you know, do her, you know, do her democracy, but I mean, shit. Yeah. I mean, right now, this story is is one of many stories that have kind of been popping off lately. Um, just between Ukraine and Russia, I I know a lot of it is focused on Navalny, which I've kind of just hit and then have moved on. But I know they're still talking about in the news in terms of like Russia not giving the body back, the mom going to like um you know the prison you know in in Siberia or whatever the fuck, and you know pleading with them talks of like hey maybe they're they're trying to wait out the Novacek poisoning i don't i don't know i don't fucking know but um th- there's a lot of shit going on in russia there's a lot of shit going on in ukraine you know um i'm gonna try to get to um uh the fucking icj hearing shit uh either tomorrow or later in the week i'm not sure but um that's not that's not where I really want to close out at, but we'll leave that there. And we'll, like I said, I want to fucking take some shit to space. So, speaking of that, let me go ahead and take my last break, and then we'll cover our last story. Das you motherfuckers. Whoa. Hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Our last story comes from The Guardian. Astronomers discover universe's brightest object, a quasar powered by a black hole that eats a sun a day. That's crazy, dude. I got an appetite, but I couldn't do all that. The brightest known object in the universe, a quasar 500 trillion times brighter than our sun, was hiding in plain sight, researchers say. 
Also, this is a bit of an aside, and, and maybe this is just revealing how stupid the fuck I am. But when you see 500TN, what do you think? What, what do you think that is? My, my dumb ass went to tons, and I realized that was stupid when I looked it up. But apparently, it's, it's trillion. And I, I was surprised. But anyway, uh, my bad. Um, Australian scientists spotted a quasar powered by the fastest growing black hole ever discovered. Its mass is about 17 billion times that of our solar system sun, and it devours a, the equivalent of a sun a day. The light from the celestial object traveled more than 12 billion years to reach Earth. Um, so that's crazy. It's crazy how light works, man. Like that we're seeing things that have long been dead and we're just like just now getting the reception of it via light. Like, and that's light speed. Uh, I mean, yikes. Like I, I, I can, I can't even fathom it, let alone try to explain it. Um, but yeah, the Australian National University scientists first spotted the quasar using a 2.3 meter telescope at the university's NSW Sighting Spring Observatory in Kuhn Babarabran. They then confirmed the find using the European Southern Observatory, or the ESO's, very large telescope, which they have a little link to, I guess, um, which has a primary mirror of 8 meters. Uh, let's see here. The findings by the ANU researchers in collaboration with the ESO, the University of Melbourne, and Francis Sorbonne University, they got a little accent there, um, have been published in Nature Astronomy. The lead author and ANU associate professor Christian Wolf said it was the most luminous known object in the universe and that it's an incredible rate of growth meant a huge release of light and heat and, and that he doubted uh, its record would ever be beaten. The light is emitted from an, accre- I cannot pronounce this right, but uh, that's part of the course, accretion disk? That sounds not right. Uh, crash and, uh, accretion disk, we'll say that, sure. Um, correct me in the comments, by all means. That is seven light years in diameter. Light years. Once again, that's that light they say they use to, like, that's, that's crazy. Um, it's blowing my mind. Um, but, yeah, that disc is where the material is getting dragged into and spiraling around the black hole before it crosses the event horizon, which is, whew, that's above my pay grade. Um, as that material smashes into other materials, it creates vast amounts of light and heat. Um, so yeah, there's more science mumbo jumbo. Feel free to read that. Um, but yeah, man, and, and y'all, that's, that's space right now. They found a cold ass fucking quasar. It's big as fuck. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's it. That's all I really have for today. Um, if you'd like to help out and support the effort, you can. I do have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Isaiah News. You can become a newsy today. I shout you out at the top of the month. Uh, say your name, plug a project if you'd like. Then uh, three ways to hit me up, IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. Feel free to follow me or the podcast on any of the socials. And hopefully you're subscribed to the YouTube. Really helps out a lot trying to get those numbers up, 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 and up. 
and then uh, I mean any like that you hit is really good for the fucking business any comment that you leave is great and you can do these things anywhere on any platform you're you're listening to it doesn't have to be a YouTube uh, but yeah, and, and honestly, just you listening, you've made it this far, you've listened to me yap and moan and whatever. I'm a person who listens to a lot of podcasts, so I know that's crazy that you made it this far and you haven't like moved on with your life. Um, so I, I really just appreciate it. You really just get, are giving me the happies. So thank you so much for that. And, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a friend and hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love ya. Bye-bye. Mwah.